Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 313 on a Tuesday, the 10th of March, 2020. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where Alan has been melting his calculator to work out repayment plans, we'll be wondering how a god can apply for insolvency. We wonder if any racing will soon take place. And we watch Gravity in action. But first we have two small pieces of follow-up. The first is to do with Dieselgate and the fact that there are about 100 individuals, sorry, 350 individuals in the US who did not sign up for the mega $10 billion settlement that was agreed. Bonanza payout, I think it's yes. where where VW agreed to buy back a bunch of cars and they are just sitting and rotting because no one's allowed to touch them uh, or sell any bits off. And the first of these claims has come through. Um, and this is sort of like a test to, to go through the process and to see the sort of benchmark for figures. And uh, the agreement for four of the vehicles, which is split between five people because there's three individuals and a couple, is $100,000 as punitive damages. And this is on the back of compensatory damages, which was awarded by a jury a month ago of $5,747 per person. Basically, nowhere near what they wanted, which was about a gazillion trillionty pounds, please. And it sounds like $100,000 sounds like lots, but really that's only $25,000 each, which is about the cost of a car. Yeah, and I don't know whether they're taking off the uh, legal fees on top of that or whether, <laughs> or anything like that. So that that's not clear in this article uh, from no. Automotive News Europe, I think. No, it's just Automotive News, actually, this time. Mm-hmm. It was just interesting that they've actually got to this stage now. Uh, just quickly related, though, uh, and that is the news that the VW and the US Securities and Exchange Commission have not reached a settlement on the suit accusing Volkswagen and former CEO Martin Winterkorn of defrauding investors in US bond offerings. So it's going to go to trial and the schedule that seems to have been proposed by both sides looks like it starts in 2023. Wow. That's a bit of a a while away, isn't it? Yeah. And that's going to be probably quite messy. Mm -hmm. I would imagine so. With with lots of executives from a German company not going anywhere near a country that has an extradition law with the US. (laughs) No. No, absolutely not. No, it's, it's um, yeah, that that could start to make Carlos go and look like a walk in the park. Absolutely. Right. Tell us about God going bankrupt. <laughs> Anthony Lewandowski. Yes. Uh, who we haven't mentioned for quite a while. Fantastic Thankfully. tongue twister. So he was former head of Uber Technologies, Inc.'s self-driving technology unit. Uh, before that, he worked for Waymo and Alphabet and, and so Google. And he was an engineer there. He went, he started up his own company, which then he left Google. He started up his own company uh, and he's accused of poaching uh, Google employees to join that, uh, which in turn got bought by Uber a specific, suspiciously short time after it was set up. Yes. I think that's fair, isn't it? Yeah. The court has confirmed that he has to pay $179 million to Google to end the legal battle. 
over his split for Alphabet. Now, we thought this was all wound up a little while ago. Well, no, it isn't, though, because it's different. This is is Waymo directly at Lewandowski. Lewandowski. So this isn't... So what was settled far more quickly than we expected was Google and Uber. Yeah. Uh, This is personal Lewandowski, and they're asking for this. Now, what's unusual about this is that normally Uber indemnifies its workers under employment agreements. So if there is a sort of outstanding fee towards a previous employer in order to break you out of non-competition clauses and that kind of stuff then normally uber pays it yeah on this occasion they they haven't no they're going to fight that aren't they well they're just not they're just not commenting uber are just not commenting because really it's it's not to do with uber by this point yeah for those of you who say that we keep hating on uber this is not uber's fault or problem no not this instance however though related to that they have paid uh leo ron who is the colleague that mm. Lewandowski set up the company for set up the company with they have paid yeah. his agreement of nine million dollars yeah so they've paid that but they are not going to pay or try not to pay Lewandowski's 179 million <laughs> So uh, Lewandowski's filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, uh, meaning he can negotiate his debts. Let's let's see what, what happens there. Yeah. Could disappear very, very quickly. Mm. So it's almost the start of the month. Naturally, the numbers came out the day after we recorded. <laughs> uh, it's our first show since, so that means it's time for a quick whiz through the uh, vehicle registrations, the UK vehicle registrations for February. Overall headline number is there is a drop of 2.9% to 79,594 vehicles registered. Even less demand from, from private buyers once again. I remember February, February is already a traditionally quiet month because, of course, the registration plate changes at the start of March uh, here in the UK. 5.8%. Uh, market share for battery electric and plug-in hybrid cars. Uh, what does that mean overall? So down 7.4% private, fleets 0.1% up, uh, and business is up 29.6%. I remember last year they were particularly low. But an overall drop of 2.9%. Year-to-date, by the way, down 5.8% compared to last year. Yep. more battery electric vehicles registered, so 2,500 as opposed to 731, uh, and and 2,000 FEVs roughly as opposed to uh, 1,400. Top 10, the best registers. (laughs) So number 10, a couple of oddities here this week. Yeah. Uh, Number 10 being a particular oddity, the BMW 5 Series, 1,286. Uh, number nine, the Nissan Qashqai with only seven more. Uh, number eight, the Mini. Number seven, the Volkswagen Polo. And number six, the uh, Vauxhall Grandland X. Must have been some smashing deals about last month. <laughs> uh, at 1,540. The Mercedes A-Class in at number five, the Vauxhall Corsa in at number four. Is that the new one, do you think, yet? Or is that still the run out? There are now new Corsa on the road, yeah. Okay, I mean, I've seen demonstrators, but I didn't know that they were... I, I, I couldn't work out if they'd actually... 
on the road because I haven't seen any local to me, which is unusual. I've definitely seen one on um, seen ones on dealer forecourts and driving around with people who didn't look like they were motoring journalists. Okay. So where was I? Vauxhall Corsa, 1871, number three Ford Focus, with a, a significant leap there to 2,764. Ford Fiesta in at number two at 3,123. <coughs> Leaving, of course, the Volkswagen Golf at 3,457. Again, so many good run-out deals on the Mark 7s. Yeah. Uh, Fiesta still ahead in the year to date with 9,210. Focus second, Golf third, uh, Corsa fourth. Five Series is a weird one in there. Yeah, I spotted... Do you know what I saw today? I saw a new BMW 1 Series, which you see around. I mean, it's, it's, it's you can't help but notice the front of it. <laughs> the, I mean, the rest <laughs> of it is completely forgettable, but you can't help notice the front of it. Mm. Uh, and it's still what I consider a new model. It's been out, what, a couple of months now? Yeah. Massive big six sticker in the windscreen. All right. So uh, quite surprising to me that they're on um they're on rental fleets already yeah it's a little bit worrying yes mm-hmm. yes people with their 17 year pcps <laughs> haven't quite switched over yet <laughs> yeah no not not quite spreadsheet of doom spreadsheet of doom let's whiz through uh, this do you want to I'll, go, with the I'll, doom? I'll do the dooms and then you can come back with with the betters, now, with the dooms, some of the figures are quite large in drops and the more positive figures, whilst the percentage-wise they are in the range that we will discuss, the actual figures themselves are not massive, hence why there is that drop for February, but it's a quiet month, so yeah. not not surprised. Right, doominess, Alpine, drop of 80%, so instead of... Uh, five cars last year. There's only one, but there's a, they're about to, they're in the middle of launching new models and stuff, aren't they? So. New models, and you're going to wait until the start of March, aren't you? Yeah, Dacia down eighteen percent, Ford down eighteen and a half percent. So that translates to from last year ten thousand three hundred ninety to this year eight thousand four hundred sixty-two. That sort of makes sense with the Fiesta being number two mm-hmm. and low figures anyway. Jeep down 18%, Maserati down 37%. That's I've um 14 cars. Mazda is down 38.5%. Now that's 1500 last year to 950 this this year. Mitsubishi down 42 and a half. I mean they're just yo-yos. They're they're graphs. They're just pinging upwards and downwards. <laughs> just depends when the ships come in really, I think. Yeah. Renault is down 32%. Then we've got Smart continuing because they don't have any electric cars to sell yet, really. So that's down 60%. Subaru, another bad month for Subaru, 67.57. Now, I think it was Tristan Young that said something along the lines of there are uh, 60-odd Subaru dealerships in the country and they only Mm. registered 24 cars something Subaru needs something quick yeah yeah I, I, I think they do um, yeah yeah I could surmise what I feel that that should be but yeah uh, Suzuki uh, again talking of yo-yos uh, Suzuki is down at 63% so that was 2,750 vehicles last year to just over a thousand this year and that is the 
last of things. Yeah, but remember that as the Jimney came on stream and they started yep. coming into the country at this time last February last year. Yeah, absolutely. January, February. So, abs- and of course, they're not like to sell as many. No, no, they're not. Which is a kicker for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, other imports is up 261 yeah. uh, percent to 502. So, that includes all your Tesla. Yep. Other British is up 37%. So, yeah, that's for your Morgan and everything. Uh, to 81. Toyota, meanwhile, now we get into the, 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 the proper brands, I suppose. Toyota up 47%. Uh, Sang Yong up 21%. MG up 97%. Yeah, and again, I know we said it last month, but, it, you know, that's proper growth now. That's proper growth. Sorry, the, that's, four, that's, that's, you know, that's 883 vehicles registered last mm. month on a quiet month, mm. mostly to private buyers. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lexus up 61% to 422. So there you go. It's pretty much half an MG there. Land Rover up 33%. DS up 141%. Again, they're yo-yoing yeah. quite badly. And a bath up 23%. Again, they yo-yo quite a bit as well. So ups and downs despite the overall drop. Yes, and it'll be interesting to see if there's a spike <laughs> in March of registrations yeah. with the, I think it's still only proposed tax changes, business it's in kind. Because the, uh, the budget hasn't happened yet. Yeah. yeah. So, let's see what happens there. Everyone's kind of crossing their fingers that that's actually going to happen, but nobody really knows. Yeah, other things seem to have overtaken, funnily enough, uh, mm-hmm. in importance. Right, moving on. And the uh, news that PSA, who owns Vauxhall, is going to reduce the Ellesmere Port work week to four days a week. These will be extended hours days but there'll no longer be a five-day week. And this has been put down to the uh, lack of popularity or the falling popularity in the Astra Estate, which is obviously built at Ellesmere Port. Now, PSA have also said that they cannot rule out job losses in the future. Obviously, you can't do that if, if, uh, if even fewer vehicles are sold or required. Um, so... Fingers crossed on that side of things. I mean, it's not going to help with people just not buying anything anyway, uh, unless it's loo roll at the moment. So maybe maybe they wrap it in that and say, you know, get get a free giant pack with every car or something. Yes, free Costco pack with every every car. Yeah. And and a monster-sized bottle of hand sanitizer. Uh, As a quick aside, Carlos, I saw a, a press release tonight, Carlos Tavares, Ahead of PCA, uh, PCA, PSA. That was halfway between PSA and FCA. It has been has been nominated as the World Car Person of the Year 2020. I thought he'd won it. I saw, won it. Sorry, I saw he'd yes, won that's it. That's what I meant. He'd won. It. Yeah. That's I meant he'd won it. Yeah. yeah. And considering PSA has no standing in the US, that's quite impressive. It is, it is, yeah. But he and seems to have done a secret ballot. superb job, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, well, after a load of depressing news, give us some good news, Alan, please. Nissan has invested £400 million in the Sunderland plant in order to to get it ready for building the new Qashqai. Hooray. 
So supposedly it's the latest stage of the billion pound investment program uh, up there and that includes a 52 million pound press to stamp panels for the next generation of, of Cash Guy, which is expected next year. Yep. There we go. New press weighs 2,000 tons, took 18 months to install, and is capable of producing 6.1 million vehicle panels each year, uh, including for the latest Nissan Duke. And it can separate and process scrap metal at the same time. Okay, well, the 52 million makes a bit more sense now. <laughs> yes, yeah. I but it's not just that. It's also a, a heck of a... It's a heck of a piece of a, a press, uh, a steel press, as a heck of a piece of piece of equipment yeah yeah. i mean even the little ones we used to use for pressing out alarm clock bits and sporing flasks and stuff still put through a one heck of a thump yeah yeah um so still be installation and all that sort of stuff and yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so that's that's good news that uh even well even in the uncertainty nissan have they've just had to get on with it and they'll they'll make further they'll make further decisions down the line they've been very clear on their position about what they need trade deal wise and what will happen if they don't get what they want and as other manufacturers have so uh, but but irrespective of that their expectation is that they will be building the cash car in uh, Sunderland so they've got to get on with yeah, it totally if you want to hear about the other car built in Sunderland the a new Nissan Duke then check out our recent special edition as well at motorpodcast.com or via your uh, your podcast player yep wasn't that slick? That was very good. I'm impressed. It's Thank like we've you. done over 300 of these episodes or something. Yes, I know. We're finally getting there. Yeah. So anyway, tell me, tell me, Andrew, about a, a car key exploit that I could really have been doing with yesterday afternoon. <laughs> yes. Now, we all know about the keyless entry where uh, if there are two transmitters and one is close enough to your keyless entry car key in your house you can trick the car into thinking that it's next door that you're standing next to it and it'll open up for you and start the engine and all the rest of it but this is not that this is a different flaw and it's to do with encryption uh, within the whole system so what has happened is that researchers from KU Leuven in Belgium and the University of Birmingham in the UK said that the immobilizers and radio enabled devices in cars that chat uh, close range to the key fob uh, and allow it to start can be tricked into thinking. And this, but this is typically happening on slightly older model cars. But it's to do yes. with the Texas Instrument Encryption System called the DST80. For all of those who are waiting at home for the details of that level, mm. uh, uh, and and it's not quite as easy to pull off as this. You know, you you go on eBay and buy these couple of transmitters. It, it does take a bit of bit of extra work, and you do need to be in physical contact with part of the system as well to to make it happen. But but it does affect the likes of Toyota, Kia, Hyundai, and it did affect Tesla. But they have done an over the air update uh, and has stopped that attack. And it was only a very limited period for Tesla. Yes, yeah, it really was. But this is, you're looking at cars from about 2008. Uh, some of them are, are, depending on the model, up to today. But generally, it's it's the older one, older cars that are now through the system. The, the new cars do not have this flaw. 
So they use a different yep. they use a different system. So if you are wondering if your Toyota, your Kia, or Hyundai might be uh, at risk, check out the Wired article because it tells you all about that. But essentially, keep your keys all hidden away and in the special. Can I can I just say something else on that particular mm-hmm. thing? Whilst it only lists models here. I have a funny feeling that it will depend where your model was built as well. Okay. So I notice a lot of these are models that were built in Japan, uh, but some of those same models were also built in Europe. And I know that the suppliers for the keys, certainly the outside of the keys, is different between the two of them because I'm a complete and total Toyota nerd. So be aware of that. Anyway, what this doesn't actually do is allow people to start your car because you still need to actually insert the physical key and turn it, and that's far harder uh, to get. Off. No, it doesn't. If you read the thing, yeah, it says you can hotwire it. Oh, all right, you can hotwire it, but it doesn't. But you, still you have, have to. Yeah, this is, you do. Yeah, this is why I'm saying it's a, it has it's to be not a hefty as physical it's, attack. It's as not well as, as simple as the old, as the other attack that where uh, where a lot of news has been put. You do actually have to yeah, shove something into a keyhole and do it. So you will damage yeah, yeah, things. It's, it's not nearly as, as simple. Yeah. And what would be useful for this for me would be if, for example the 2001 Yaris was on the list and the 2005 Toyota Corolla were on the list. Sadly, neither of them are because if I could hack one key to work to give the signal from another one, then that would actually possibly make life much, much easier on Project T-Swap, which should kick off tomorrow, which is very, very, very scary. (laughs) Right. Uh, I think we've teased everybody for long enough. I think we need to know who is the competition winner. So we've been threatening to give away a copy of James Roberts' latest book, Demotorized, The 200-Year War on the Motorist. And tonight was the night we said that we would would, uh, select the winner. Uh, The question to Life, the Universe, and everything was... James worked as a car salesman back in the day. As a result, which brand is he most associated? And, of course, the correct answer was BMW. Yes. I have the entrance in the massive swimming pool of fortune here. (laughs) Stirring them around. Still stirring. This is like the National Lottery where they just keep you going for ages and ages and ages, isn't it? There'll be a quiz along in a minute just to fill in some of the time. I'm going to pick one of these out now. And the winner is James Friend. He is unwrapping that as we as we were looking. So it's James Friend who is James won. Friend. Do you to hold it up so you can see it? There we go. Look. Oh, it is you as well. That. Yes, look at that. Yeah. I can read that. Just, you, if you can read that, because it's in my handwriting, then uh, James Friend, Andrew will get in touch. I'll forward you email address to Andrew. He will get in touch. I will indeedy. Well, congratulations. And thank you to everybody who entered. That's brilliant. And yes. keep an eye out or an ear, your ears peeled because we intend to do more competitions uh, as the year goes do on. We? Yes, we do. As the year goes oh, on. Oh, okay, great. Right, take us to Formula E. It's good fun. And the race that isn't going to be. Well, there isn't <laughs> a distinct lack of Formula E. Uh, so the Rome, in reference to what's happening all across the world really and but particularly in Italy as far as Europe is concerned they've decided to cancel the Formula E race 
in in Rome. This was on Friday, wasn't it? They decided this. So that's before yes. today, as we record news that Italy, all of Italy, is in lockdown now. Yes. So it was. So uh, they were going to make. Well, it was supposed to take place the day after all the various restrictions around um, around people not gathering for sports events were, were, were lifted. But they decided that still that just was, wasn't going to be practical. It wasn't going to be a good idea. Yeah. So they took the decision to cancel the race. Uh, that means there's seven weeks of a gap until the next Formula E race. Yeah, massive hole but that's, in the middle there. that's um, going to be Paris, isn't it? It is. Go- well, well, in theory, it's, it's going to be, be Paris. And then Seoul April after the 18th. that. Yeah. Uh, and both of those are in question. I would, I would, yeah, I don't reckon either of those are going to take place. But Formula E is now thinking ahead of this and trying to come up with solutions and options for racing because there's, t- there's been talk about doing a double header at Valencia uh, mm-hmm. where they do their testing, which would be interesting because that would be the f- their first proper track they're actually racing on. Yes. Um, so that that would be a different view. Yeah, it would be. So it should be... Let's see. Yeah, I mean, lots of teams. Lots of teams are based at uh, at Castle Donington, so there could yet be one, be a be a second one in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we shall see. But as soon as we hear anything, obviously we will tell you. Hmm. But but some good news though, Alan, for uh, Formula E. Well, Eindhoven, the Dutch city of Eindhoven, has launched a bid for a Formula E and night race, the first ever one, which they're proposing as part of the 2021-2022 season. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens there. It's an unusual one because it's it used to be that Formula E said they were they were always aiming for capital cities. That doesn't seem to be so much the case these days. Yeah, but it's it's a place with a. A big background uh, in technology. It's where Philips, the big electrical giant, was formed. Okay. So lots of all that kind of stuff. There is a massive DAF trucks factory there as well. So so lots of technology, lots of vehicle stuff in Eindhoven. So it's not as... If you've never heard of Eindhoven or been to Eindhoven, you'd think it was a really weird choice. But actually, it's, it makes far more sense than many, many other places. Yeah. It could have been. Cool. Right, a bit of news that WRC Rally Mexico is back this week. Now, don't forget, this is the race where everyone says we now need to pay proper attention to where people end up in the positions because this will be a true indication of how the team's packages are working or not. So can Hyundai bounce back from pretty poor Sweden? Can Toyota maintain what they did at Sweden? And where does M Sport fit in all of this? And Citroen, everybody's just forgotten about. Well, that's Citroen's fault. Yes. <laughs> uh, and this is a, a bit of forewarning, but uh, there is the first, as it stands, the first of the classics and coffee at Great Escapes in Redditch on Sunday, mm-hmm. the 5th of April, between 10 a.m. and 12 noon. So anything, as they say in their own tweet, anything on wheels is welcome. Um, absolutely. And those are those are great events too. So if you are on Facebook, don't pull a funny face at that. If you're on Facebook, then uh, you can get reminders and stuff by following them. Uh, great Skips Cars on there as well. Yeah. Good way to remember what's happening and get, get, get updates. Um, they're quite active there. Right. Do our lunchtime read in which we... Seems to be continuing a theme of 
car dependency and commuting. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, isn't it? Yes, I hadn't really thought about that. It follows on from last week's. It does a bit. So, allegedly, Seattle traffic does not exist, according <laughs> to Matt Brown, on Jalopnik. Uh, and then there was a great deal of debate as to what the the, the first picture was, because it turned out it wasn't Seattle, it was Portland. But yes, it's a, it's a very short lunchtime read, actually, to just, just say about that. Actually, the comments are well worth reading on this uh, about uh, about commuting and the, the, the changes that happen to people having to go about. I confess, I almost drove until I'm, until I'm in London, and, and I, I almost drove in. I almost thought, sod the, sod the train ticket yeah. and, and drove. So I didn't. I sat there amongst sniffling people who coughed put their hands on things and But one of the points from this article is I've seen a lot of articles being put out going, oh, look, look at how CO2 has dropped and uh, uh, nitrogen oxide or air quality has improved now that there's less traffic, etc., etc. And that just reminded me of when there was the London bus strike and how, mm. how there was a spike in improvement. And you just go, well, yes, if there is less traffic, there is less pollution. <laughs> You know, from one way or another. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, 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 it's very easy to put uh, two and two together there, come up with a proper solution. But it, it, it's been interesting to see on Twitter the conversations about telecommuting and working from home. Not necessarily everyone doing it all all the time, but from having the option to do it more often, because I think people are getting a crash course in the positives of it, and that includes the managers who have been reluctant to allow this to happen in the past. People are still a bit in the novelty value stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As someone who, to be honest, has been going a little bit stir-crazy because for various reasons I haven't been able to come into the client one day a week as I as I prefer to, to remind myself what people look like <laughs> and remind them that I exist <laughs> until this week. Uh, when I needed to come in for meetings, for proper face-to-face meetings, then yeah, the the, the you've got to be careful. There's some been some great threads on Twitter uh, about how to um, how to cope with working from home and how it takes a little bit of a mindset change. Yeah. Anyway, list of the week. List of the week. List of the week is the greatest cars ever made with pop-up headlights. Now we all like a pop-up headlight. We all love a pop-up headlight. Remains one of my dreams to own a car with pop-up headlights. Uh, I've only owned the one with pop-up headlights. There's still one more than I have. So There are some uh, stunning cars on here, as you would expect. Uh, there, but there are some ones that I'd forgotten about, actually, like the Saab Sonnet 3. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to run through this entire list, don't worry. But we have to give a special shout-out to the Fiat, Fiat X19 because I think Nia would never forgive us if we didn't. The one for me is the, the one that's on the title page, which is the Saizita Marauder V16T. And that's in my mind a lot recently, because I uh, I sort of put I copied mid-playlist from Dave Monk's mm-hmm. Rolls-Royce, the one that he put together that he uses for testing vehicle stereos, which he, shared, he had shared it in, in a press release, uh, and then he, he sent a link to that, because some of us were discussing tracks for testing car stereos but the first track is from here to eternity and it's the 
cover of the Giorgio Moroda album that that's from is just the most amazing tash. I, I will share a screen cap of it at some point. But that's put the Saizeta Moroda V16T right up there in the top of my cars not to forget. Uh-huh. There's one I need to question, though, the Honda Prelude. That's the one that you owned. And, oh, no, no, no. you had an Accord Aerodeck. I had an Accord Aerodeck. What about um, the Honda Prelude? I'm not sure that the picture is actually an Aerodeck. That's not. That is a Prelude. Uh, sorry, I mean a Prelude. Uh, I thought that that's the uh, Accord Coupe. No, 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 that's a Prelude. That's just a North American market one. Oh, okay, okay. But hence, it's got a little bit more chrome than we're used to. Steering wheel obviously is on the wrong side, and it, it sort of seems to sit ridiculously high. Yeah. No, no, that's definitely an, uh, that's definitely a Prelude. I'm sorry. Cool, cool. Right, I don't want to say any more because I don't want to run through the entire list here. But yes. go click the links yes. and have a look through yourself. There are some some great ones there. Which brings to the end, finally. We have. The Diecast Rally Championship videos. Uh, this one comes from Jalopnik. Uh, again, link as ever in, in the show notes. And, and thanks to Andrew P. Collins for this one. These are so cool. Uh, someone has has basically put together a bunch of videos of Matchbox, Stroke, Hot Wheels, yep. toy cars. How are they making them go around the track? I'm not really sure. I think it's gravity. just clever cutting. It's just gravity. If you if if you watch it, if you watch them all the way through, they are following them all the way down. It's gravity. Oh, okay. It's really well done because they've it's got fantastic. the engine noises in and everything, and they're commentating. It's it's brilliant. <laughs> And the cutaways to the the cutaways to to the spec to, over the spectators as if they're from the helicopter. Yeah, it's it's really cool, really really good. And congratulations to 3D Bot Maker. That is, it's awesome. They they have they have a whole rally. series of diecast championships. There is mm-hmm. there is the second round of this of the first uh, stage of the or the second stage of the first round sorry is up on youtube as well when you get through to the end of the video on the jalopnik article there is a whole pile of others to spend there's a five to eight minutes watching as well. as well there's a ferrari tournament it's oh is there yeah it's oh brilliant utterly utterly the the level of effort to put the sound and like you say the the way they've shot it as though it's a real live film so you get the crowd you get the cheers and everything and then you get the oohs and ahs when there's an accident it's it's awesome i am i am i am this is the sort of thing that youtube and the internet is for (laughs) yes absolutely particularly in these dark dark times where there is no racing so here's the new racing series yes (laughs) Too easy to fix. Uh, no, go go do go watch this either via via the uh, Jalopnik article or straight from YouTube. Really good stuff. It really is. good and and well done and congratulations and thank you to the people who who actually made it who are behind it. Yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to the end this week. It does. It does. What's up? Uh, what's in parish notes? The last week Honda CRV hybrid review is out. It's actually, I know that that's not really something which is going to peak, get people going, wow, we've got to listen to that. But there's actually quite a lot of useful good stuff in there. And it's, 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 it's a good review. It reminded me of how much I enjoyed driving the car for what it was yes. meant to do. That's yeah. that when I was when I when I talked to you about it and then was editing it after I was, I was that's what really came back to me is that I, I actually did enjoy the car, even though it wasn't a flame-spitting 
two-door coupe or anything like that. But but for what I asked it to do, it did it really well. Yeah, absolutely. Hugely competent thing. New special edition should be out this Friday, not a car review. Provided I get my finger out. <laughs> um, but yes, it, 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 but I will have it out on, on Friday morning for you. Cool. Uh, so that's that's a me been and done stuff, which is which should be fun. So well, for a given level of fun. Uh, so that's that's that. I think anything else I've missed this week, Andrew? Don't think so. No, so it's a quiet week. We should just through. It is. It is. Yeah. That said, don't forget between now and next week, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget about our Patreon or any of the other ways you can support us, which you can find by going to motoringpodcast.com slash support. And of course, please, please leave rating and review on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? If people would like to get in touch with me, the best way is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to to know more about the details and the financial gymnastics you are mentally going through in order to possibly, potentially, oh my God, it's most going to be probably definitely looking to get the latest... <laughs> Yaris with the boxy wheel arches. What's the best way for them to do that? Uh, yes. Uh, the best way is via Twitter. I'm so glad I missed most of that because actually our connection went duff in the middle. Um, <laughs> but you can do it on Twitter where I'm at AJP Bradley, B R A D L E Y. A lot of mental financial gymnastics and man maths going on at the minute, mate. <laughs> next month, next month, the current one is finished. Paying, yeah. Hmm. Okay. We shall see. Anyway, we'll be back soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. <laughs>